for some time now, I've been wanting to do an extra episode each week. And I've been playing around with different ideas of, of what I want this to be and how I could do something a little bit different for you during the week instead of just doing the same episode twice. And so I had this concept. It's a work in progress. We'll see how this goes. For now, I'm calling it Unpop Kernels. Uh, what does that mean? I'm not quite sure yet. But what I'm thinking it means, it, it's kind of like the things we didn't get to in the first episode. Those, those ideas, those concepts that we threw in the bag <laughs> to have be part of the episode, but we didn't quite get to it. So it's just sitting there unpopped. So we're going to go ahead and reheat that and, uh, and talk about some of these concepts. And so I'm excited to have Amanda back with me again. Amanda Holden, she goes by Dumpster Doggy on Instagram. Uh, she's an amazing investing educator. Amanda, I wanted to ask you, what's the obsession that people have with individual stocks? I feel like that's really prevalent right now. So many people have downloaded, I'm sure, Robinhood and the 90 other apps that you can buy individual stocks on, and everyone's all in. I have family members who talk about it all the time. So what's going on? Like, why do you feel that people are just so obsessed with this concept right now, this, this action of buying stocks? Ooh, what a good question, Chris. <laughs> I actually do think that Robinhood has something to do with it, but taking even a bigger step back, like, why are Americans obsessed with getting rich quick? Uh, <laughs> we yeah. we are a true gold rush people, aren't we? <laughs> I almost feel like we've replaced religious idols with entrepreneurial idols. And mm. we've replaced finding inner peace as the primary goal of life with the goal of increasing one's own personal capital. <laughs> and everybody wants that silver bullet. Everybody wants to get lucky. And if there is anything that we like more than hustle culture in the United States of America, it is unearned wealth. <laughs> and, so, and, and it, it actually, you know, I'm being harsh, but like also everybody knows somebody that, you know, bought a bunch of Amazon stock early and sold it and bought a house or maybe if you don't know somebody, you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Mm -hmm. And yeah. of course, we all want that too. We are all so tired and we all work so hard. Also, we are we are cave people and we are drawn to the mechanisms necessary for survival. And so if there was some way to buy some stock that could in some way change our lives, of course, we're going to be interested in it, especially if you're hearing folks bragging about it all around us. And so yeah. there are a lot of reasons, but I do think that we are living in a really high time for some very frenzied investor behavior, you know, between individual stocks and Elon Musk and crypto. There are a lot of folks out there that their whole personalities are about how they can get rich quick. <laughs> yeah, it's become like what people put in their bios. Like, There's nothing wrong with saying you're an investor, but there are some people who, like you said, build their whole persona around having 90 uh, monitors in their room with charts on every single one of them. And they're, they're monitoring every stock that's ever come into existence. And they're, they're going to show you from their home how to, to get rich like them. This is this, this is whole culture that's wrapped around it. And, you know, when I was thinking about this, what came to mind was that cause I think about my own experience working and being in jobs. I just hated, like just hate it with a passion. Like every day I was like, I can't believe I have to go back into this place again. And you want any opportunity to leave that. There's so many people who have the same feeling and there's not the opportunity to escape that. I think, you know, the individual stock bros walk in the room and they're like, hey, look at this. You want to be rich. You, you can do whatever you want. You can travel the world. You can quit your job. And it's almost like, um, it's almost like the same emotions that come up when people talk about the lottery and they picture what could be if I got rich 
investing in these stocks. And it almost feels like that's what's driving so many of us. It's like a, like a way to escape what we're in. And if I have this opportunity to get away from all this, I'm going to take it. And if it's only going to, you know, if I can throw in a hundred dollars and I'm going to, it's going to turn into a million dollars. Great. Let me, let me do it. Or if I'm going to mortgage my house to, to do this, it's worth it because it'll pay off in the end. And I think it, it sets a lot of people up for disappointment. I completely agree. And that actually brings up a really interesting point about the way that these investors, these same people that we're, we're speaking of are actually making their money. Mm. There is no doubt that there are investors out there who have struck it rich and gotten lucky by picking the right stocks or picking a right stock and taking an exorbitant amount of risk by picking just one or two stocks. And Mm, so these people exist, right? But how these people often really make their money is by selling you some formula, right? Mm. Like you can even think of like the Dave Ramsey model, right? Like Dave Ramsey is not rich because Dave Ramsey followed the baby steps. Dave Ramsey is rich because he sells you the baby steps. (laughs) This is not a commentary on Dave Ramsey by any means, because we see it all across the financial industry. I did it. So can you, Mm -hmm. and that stuff sells, but the hard truth of the matter is there is no formula for picking stocks. And the reason for that is There is no amount of data that exists in the world right now that you can look at that is going to in some way predict what is going to happen in the future. It just does not exist. And that's the thing about picking stocks, picking individual companies, is that, yes, it's enticing to pick the ones that have already done well, but the ones that are really going to explode over the next 10 years are not the ones that exploded over the last 10 years. Mm. Who knows? Maybe Amazon is going to continue to take over the world and every company and every... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, everything will be Amazon. And so, you know, maybe this won't be true. But what we see is that the way to strike it rich is by figuring out what is the next Amazon, which is a really difficult thing to do before that thing mm-hmm. becomes Amazon. Exactly. Like you're, you're almost saying, you know, I have the ability to predict the future and I know exactly what's going to happen next. And I think there's so many people out there who speak with such confidence that it almost like, huh, maybe they do know the future. Like they, they seem to be really confident. They seem to, to have this track record that you don't know if, if it's true or not, but it really kind of sucks you into it. And it, I think it infuses people with so much confidence in, in something that is, like you said, extremely difficult to do. And uh, I remember I heard someone speaking about this where they said that, you know, right, the stock market is so interconnected. All these, these stock exchanges, the fastest internet connections directly wired in in the world. And it's like any information that you think you just found out, these people, it's their job, their livelihood to know this information. And you think that you beat them to it and they haven't already factored that in to what they're going to do next. And I think it's foolish is a strong word. I think it is foolish to believe that you're going to consistently predict what's going to happen in the future and make the right move constantly and, and profit from that on a regular basis. I could not agree more. And this is maybe getting a little bit esoteric. So if you need to cut this, you're, you're more than welcome to. But I think what also really helps to understand is what gives really any investment, but in particular stocks, because like you said, they trade on an exchange, which an exchange is basically just like a big marketplace. And what we see in this marketplace is what the price is for that stock, what the value of that stock is. And we get updates every 15 seconds. Mm. That does not happen when you walk into a coffee shop. You're not seeing the (laughs) value of hot coffee and iced coffee change every 15 seconds. What is changing the value of those stocks? It's not as simple as 
this company is being good or this company is being bad. And so therefore some fairy is waving its wand over the stock <laughs> price to make it go up and down. The mechanism that causes the prices of stocks to change is people buying in and selling out. It's supply and demand. So when people buy in, a la GameStop stock, that shoots the price higher. When people sell out, when they bail, that drops the price lower. And so what we actually get in the stock market is this kind of almost like huge, interesting, like it's like an arena where everybody's voting. It's like a voting mechanism. We're all voting on what we think the right price of a stock should be by buying in or selling out. And so the stock market and prices within the stock market are actually highly intelligent because everybody is voting. Mm. And so if you think that you know what the right price of a stock should be, right? If you think like, you know what, this stock is undervalued, this stock is overvalued, so I'm going to buy or sell. Basically what you're saying is I think I know more than the entire investing public that includes mm. millions and millions of investors, both retail investors and professionals across the entire globe. I think that is such a great perspective to put that in. I hope this is helpful for those listening out there who maybe feel this pressure and then you feel like you're doing something wrong because you're not buying into all the things you're hearing around you. And I think sometimes you can feel this, you know, this, this almost anxiety of like, I'm missing out. I should be doing this, but I'm not. And am I missing out on my future wealth because I'm not jumping into all this? So I hope hearing the words Amanda just said right now makes you feel a little bit better about all this. Amanda, thank you for joining me. Thank you for helping me test out this new format here. I mean, you're really helping me shape what this will be in the future because we're kind of just making it on the fly right now. So uh, I definitely want to make sure that as we get out of here, if people want to catch up with you some more, where should they go? How can they reach out to you? How can they follow your work? Sure. So I do the most free investing education over on Instagram at dumpster.doggy. I'm also dumpster.doggy on all of the socials. So find me wherever. I've got an investing course. It's called Invest Development. And that's also the name of my business. Go check out Amanda's work. Go give her a follow uh, if you want more amazing information and insights like that. Thanks again, Amanda. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. And thanks to all of you for joining me here for the first episode of Unpopped Kernels. I am really just kind of shaping and developing this new episode type as we go along. So your feedback would be amazing. So you can always reach out to me on Instagram. Just look for Popcorn Finance Podcast, or you can send me an email to questions at popcornfinance.com. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week, and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.